And you're very welcome to episode 24 of LOI Weekly, the first episode of the entire season when Cork City are no longer unbeaten. And special guest today is Johnny Dunleavy, the injured Cork City centre-back, who's going to spend the bulk of the show with Dan and I and just go through how life has been for him since he got his injury and uh, his hopes for the next season going forward, of course, with Cork City. And we're going to recap on all that's been happening in a really, really hectic few days. Daniel McDonald, we had your stag in Wexford, but uh, we also had Bray, North Korea. We had Bowes beating Rovers, Bowes winning away in Cork. We had a lot of stuff going on. It's been a hectic, hectic couple of days, Johnny. Um, we're still here. We're still. Th- were, you, were you on the stag? Were you there? You There's an un- unconfirmed report to you you were there. I think like... Uh, the results of the weekend. Shamrock Rovers I, won, I, Bohemians <laughs> two. A, a night with Johnny Ward is a bit like a night with Darren Gibson in that you end up at some stage off on your own talking to a load of uh, random people for a period of time. Yeah, I, I went into uh, went into the bar in Wexford Racecourse and uh, I, I found out that one of my best mates from uh, my local was just happened to be in, in at the track with all his brothers, went in and he goes, do you want a pint? And I didn't know where you were. I think you were up the stand at the time, yeah. waiting for the table to be cleared. And I said, go on, I'll have a pint. I think I had four pints of substandard Murphys in the bar. Lost a lot of money during that time. Re-emerged to lose more money with you guys. <laughs> Then he'll meet you later on in the bar and give you some dodgy American tips. tips. Yeah, which we don't really want to speak about, but uh, you know, no one had any money for the rest of the weekend after you left. And you were last seen, I think you were just spotting around talking to random Airbnb hosts, wasn't there or something? Yeah, she dropped me into town, but I spent, I spent the <laughs> night with you then, went to the, the courts, good night. And of course, having Johnny Dunleavy on, the two of us are actually jetting off to go away races after today. Yeah, this is the start of something. Like This mm. is like, uh, you said he's going to spend the bulk of the show with us. He's going to spend the bulk of his day with you. Well, he's been time the train. It's hectic stuff down working in, during the go away races. You're on the telly, it was noted. Another yeah. channel, not on air. You're, yeah. Don't I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just briefly go through the results first. Uh, Rovers won, Bows 2, 4,500 at that game. Drogheda nil, Pats won. Uh, Cork 2, Galway United won nearly 4,000 at that game. Bray 2, Finn Harps 3, not quite 4,000 at that game. 563 according to my figure. And then Sligo 1, Dundalk 1. 607,000 according to Pyongyang Media. <laughs> <laughs> and they won 24 nil. Derry City 3, Limerick 0 uh, on Sunday. And then Cork 0, Bowes 1 last night, Dan. And we, so, we sort of spoke last week about the formality that that game was going to be. But after Cork were so... Bang average by all accounts against Galway Friday night. It probably wasn't as big of a surprise that Bowes beat them. Ah, yeah, still a surprise. I mean, it's, it's so much though for the non-existent league. Like in terms of a week of stories, it's been pretty, uh, pretty good. Where when, do we start? When, I, don't, I don't know where to start. I mean, I think, um, I, I think I suppose you can tell the story of the weekend through Bowes in some ways. You know that. I mean, even last week we were talking about their situation um, and how they were basically one bad result away. Almost an expected bad result because we predicted it. We predicted the Rovers would win. I think both of us. We did. Uh, they were one. They were one defeat away from being fourth from bottom. I think that was our our sort of theory last week that Bows were right back in it, and now they're sort of sixth, staring up the table as opposed to down it. Uh, and two really impressive wins. I mean, their their away form this season, Bows has been ridiculously good. I mean, I think they're third in the table on the form chart on on away results. Um, and for a team with a pretty uh, modest budget, as has sort of been well documented, and a team that is certainly very much part-time anyway, um, compared to teams around them, uh, they're performing incredibly well. But it does just go to show how momentum can just change so quickly, and that this relegation battle is, is nuts. That you win, you win two games in a row, 
uh, almost from any position and it can sort of change the picture even okay Pats are still in it but even the, the couple of wins that they've had it suddenly looks all healthier Definitely. and suddenly the three at the bottom are in a bit more of a we might be jumping the gun but we, we're kind of nearly thinking now Bowes and Pats are going to be okay yeah I think certainly with Bowes with 32 points I think I think at the 32 points they're on now um, and they are just behind Bray who I've declared to be safe um, so uh, I'm actually with the conviction of someone I, in Pyongyang <laughs> I'm, beginning, I'm beginning to wonder about that even uh, the whole Bray thing at, at, at this I'm stage I'm not sure they, I think they'll need to get points anyway well you see no one has left we obviously had the transfer deadline as well on Monday and um, I mean I think Gary McCabe had the option to leave um, and didn't go I think the Linfield and uh, the other players have stayed pretty much now they still have to meet their commitments this week in terms of uh, you know, in terms of the, the the bonding of the money and so on, were they stopping Aaron Green from going, or was well? It I think there was. I mean, Rovers were in a position where they were going to uh, seemingly they were ready to pay a fee for him, but then I think maybe with the Roberto Lopez situation, um, they've changed tack and 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 they've gone for um, just mentioned they've, they've that as well. Grace deal, yeah. Well, I mean, I wasn't at the Rovers Bowls game on Friday, so I'm sort of I'm just picking up what I was reading in the, the papers afterwards. But it appears that Lopez woke up um, on on Friday morning particularly unwell, sort of very unusual uh, condition that he'd suffered. And um, testicular kind yeah, of yeah, yeah, sort of turned in. So uh, I don't even want to think about it really. But uh, it didn't sound good. It didn't sound good. But it seems like it's just a real freak thing. Mm. Uh, and obviously, they had to sort of up their determination then to get Lee Grace from Galway, uh, which is bad news from from your perspective, I guess. And and Galway have come out and said um, that they announced, you know, that they, they, for the sake of the long-term future, they had to take the offer uh, from Rovers. So it's interesting times now, you know, another two and a half year contract following on from Dylan Connolly, another club paying a fee as well. Um, what did Rovers make of Europe this year? Uh, they would have made four hundred and forty thousand euros. Yeah, so they kind of yeah. have it there to. It just goes to show, like don't. the clubs have the yeah the the, the clout to do that, and uh, those clubs that are going to going to keep qualifying for Europe, um, they're just going into position. And we've seen Cork go and get Sadlier from Sligo. We've seen them talk go and get Connolly from Bray, albeit in strange circumstances. And then we have um, yeah we have Rovers now doing the same with with Grace. Um, so strange old times. I don't know what to, what do you make of the whole Bray business. Uh, do you remember? Do you remember that Simpsons episode where Homer um, was? He, he strangely got a job as a food reviewer, <laughs> but like he he got Lisa to start writing for him because he couldn't write really. But before he started writing it, he he got the dog to actually write one of his reviews. So your man, like the editor, is like, "You said the food tasted like bark," <laughs> and I was like, "Who actually wrote this thing? Seriously, like you couldn't you couldn't write something like that without." Surely, you know, been doing an Alan Park. It's extraordinary, but this, I thought the second statement. the second one. The second statement was incredible. It was all, the second statement was was taking the point of opinion that well, listen, we were one of the most talked about clubs in the in, in the world. <laughs> it just goes to show what Asia you're doing. Now, there this. is this theory like there's no such thing as uh, there's no such thing as bad publicity, but like it's a bit like winning one of those Darwin Awards, you know, yeah. where where you know the, the the people who die in the most ridiculous circumstances. Like, I mean, you do get a certain amount of publicity from it, but unfortunately, you're dead. You know yeah. what I mean? So yeah. that there's it's not always good type of fame when people who've never heard of you in strange places are suddenly very familiar with your story. And um as a tactic overall in terms of dealing with uh dealing with a, a complex situation that they've had there, um I mean we can laugh at it and there was probably an element of, geez, that's hilarious, this is so outlandish and I mean most of us did it, but behind that like there's almost a sense of what is going on with 
this club and uh, if you're trying to build sort of a brand that's credible that's um, the thing that, that stuff that's that stuff takes away from it you, how, know? How, you know if you're trying to promote the league and then you have to come up with nonsense like this like you can only you can only say like you know we're, we're fighting a bit of a losing battle this well week. And, I, and I mean if we talk about perception and so on is it really such a bad thing if Bray are slipping out European contention anyway you know you talk about the clubs that go forward well, you'd you hope know, to get relegated ambassadors. in some respects because they've well, been a joke shop this it's, year. it's harsh to say that for fans that are there that are very keen about the club, they love the club and so on. And, you know, as much as they have a small fan base, I mean, most League of Ireland clubs have a small fan base when they're doing badly. or You know what I mean? Like, there's there's people who, who probably go to football and Bray who haven't been going to Bray because they haven't been happy with the club. Um, but, yeah, in, in the context of other clubs around them who are bringing a certain amount to the league at the moment, you'd be more sorry if they went down than you would if, 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 if Bray did. Um so yeah, it's it's there's there's been a lot going on over the last sort of seven days, seven days or so. We are now joined by Johnny Dunleavy, uh, Dan JD, not John Delaney, who's kind of often no. known for you know his his misses. You're known for not having one. <laughs> <laughs> on this podcast, I am anyway. Yeah. Like you know, how is uh, what's the status? Still, well, the status is single, Johnny. Yeah. You know what I mean. Like, uh, do you get a, a bit of an, uh, an eligible bachelor? Like, do you get a bit of sympathy because of your disability at the moment? I, I wear the brace as much as I can. I mean, <laughs> like, you know, walk around the town with a big limp on me just in case there's anyone about. You know, <laughs> he was wearing it until he got the injury. As oh, well. yeah, just, <laughs> just, on, just on days off. You know, yeah. So uh, we're going to the races for the day after as well. Uh, you're a big racing yeah, I got fan. Stuck with you for the day, mm. unfortunately. Sure well, not. I am just a bit worried that we we get a seat in the train because it can be a bit manic during the races. And like drunks take over your seat, they completely ignore the fact that it's a reserved seat. So oh, we'll figure it out. You're, yeah. you're, you're, you're well known in the racing world. Like, so you know, I mean, you have people know who you are. Who booked the seats? I did. And then is he going to be able to find them? Do you know where you go down? You see your name above it. Is yeah, yeah. Johnny's. I, I'll actually. I'll tell you what. We'll we'll post a photo of his name. Yeah. Uh, over the because I actually forget what it is now. Anyway, welcome <laughs> to the show. How are you getting on, man? Uh, good to be here, lads. Um, the boys in Cork reckon they're going to record the show and use my best bits to put them to sleep at night. <laughs> so, they were, so they were saying. <laughs> anyway, they're like, I know. I thought it was harsh as well. Yeah, yeah. With all due respect, though, uh, the 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 show has uh, the Cork City story has derailed a bit now. Uh, you're 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 not unbeaten anymore. No, we're not after last night, unfortunately. Um, ah, look. I mean, I suppose all runs come to an end and stuff like that. And in fairness to Bowes last night, they were excellent. Uh, we probably we probably weren't at our best and missed a few chances early when when we needed to score. You know, so. Um, Look, I suppose fair, fair play to them. We'll just have to get back on the on the road again on Friday. Just just to get it out of the way, Harry, how, how are you fixed? I know you're you're at the early stages of rehab. You're in that leg brace. People wouldn't have seen it, but you've come in. and You're still in that leg brace that you were wearing a couple of weeks ago. Where are things at at the moment with that? Ah, uh, look, everything's going according to plan. But my Jesus, it is slow. Like you know, it's mind-numbingly boring at the minute. It's like exercise, things that you take for granted, you know, uh, quad exercise and stuff like that that you would do every day without even thinking about it. But now I can't do them, if you know what I mean. Yeah. And uh, I had my first gym session back the other day there and I was weak as a kitten. I mean, I'm still sore from it now. Two days later, I'm in bits. Really? So, yeah. You, you, you lose just lose the, the basic sort of stuff you're going in and doing, like clockwork otherwise. Like clockwork, like not a problem. I mean, I, I suppose I spent most of the last eight weeks really sitting or lying down, you know. Yeah. And just very, very simple exercises. And I mean, like my chest today is killing me still. Um, so you know, it's it's small stuff like that, and it's going to be like that for another few weeks. So I just have to uh, I just have to keep going with it and do it as best I can. You know, are you around the group then, sort of every day or 
every other day sort of in terms of your interaction with the other players or where are you at with that? Pretty much, I I've been there whenever they're training and stuff like that. Um, I sure, look, they miss me. Like, you know, went home for went home for a week. I was up with my parents for a week and stuff and came back down and spent a good bit of time around them then again and the same last week. So um, it's nice being around and having the crack and stuff like that. You know, it keeps, it keeps my spirits up and, you know, if I can if I can have the crack with the boys, all the better too, you know. Yeah, and uh, eight weeks is, is a long time, I suppose, when you've nothing to do. Oh, it's an unbelievably long time. I mean, you're sitting there like uh, I've exhausted Netflix. Netflix is finished. I've, I've finished that game. Yeah. And, uh, what like, have you been watching on Netflix? What's, what's been? I'm telling you, lads, I've watched it all. Designated Survivor, oh, Suits, yeah. um, Game of Game of Thrones, obviously. What Prison would you break. recommend of the of the lot? I would mean the best Game of Thrones. Yeah. Did you watch it? No, I've never no, watched it. I was no. watching. Oh, I, was, lads. I was watching. I've watched the, Designated Survivor now. I've watched that. It's good. That's, well, it's good know. until the last four or five episodes, and then it just gets a bit sort of. Yeah, far-fetched or something I thought or like well the first episode was pretty far-fetched as well but <laughs> fair <laughs> fair was yeah. true but yeah uh, uh, Game uh, of Thrones I've never watched I never, haven't never watched, watched that sort of I, I, I watched the, the two uh, Madoff episodes that were on RT they're on the player uh Really, really good. Of course, he was the Ponzi scheme man in mm. in and uh, quite might possibly might come out of prison and uh, take over League of Ireland club in the near future. The way things <laughs> are going. But uh, okay, we want to talk something serious first, Dan. Something serious. Right. What happened in Tala uh, last Friday night, and we want to bring you in on this, Johnny, because yeah. there's a, there's an element of doubt about Sam Bones' injury, and it was a, obviously a derby game. It seemed to be an unbelievable atmosphere at it. Actually, just looking back, but just the reaction to Bone coming on the pitch and then coming off again and by all accounts, he didn't look right. Johnny, you know, he, he, gave the, he just kind of kicked the ball feebly out of play, didn't really look right. But there was the reaction then from the coach when he came off, which has to be interpreted as well, Dan, that maybe, you know, we, we're, we're putting two and two together here, but what did you make of it, Dan? Well, I, I, again, I mean, I, I read Stephen Bradley's quotes afterwards and probably this was his justification, I guess, for having a pop at the player when he came off. And his argument was that when, when Bone had gone, I think, down the tunnel, because it was a, quite a long gap, wasn't there? So he, he'd, he'd gone down the tunnel that uh, he'd been asked several times, you know, was he, was he feeling any dizziness, I think was the word that was used. And uh, he said that uh, he didn't, he was fine. I suppose the player's instinct would always be to say that they're fine. Um, he went back out to the pitch and he clearly wasn't himself, as was evidenced by the horrendous mistake that he did, that he made, and, and Bradley's argument would be that uh, when he when he let the ball run out of play, or the mistake that he made, that he just he kicked the ball to the thrower and should have you know booted it to Rosehead if he was gone. But that's an absurd that, argument. That, that was the argument that was made. That's, that's absurd. Oh yeah, I know. I'm I'm just saying this was the explanation after the event. I don't think uh, I'd be I'd be surprised if uh, you know Stephen Bradley in five or ten years' time um, would react in a similar manner um, sort of bollocking the player quite publicly is that not the measure is that a measure of the man or a measure of the coach though I, I don't know I, like you know that's it, it's a bit of a leap to sort of make that conclusion like it is probably a derby now I'm not justifying it at all I think it was completely wrong to do and it looked dreadful like you know it was in it was live in the obviously the air footage it was picked up on in co-commentary at the time Johnny McDonald's yeah, quite critical picked it up um I mean, we well, should probably bring in the player on this, but I mean, there is obviously a time and a place for a manager to take a player down or to have a go at him. Yeah. Uh, and I'm sure if he'd done it in the dressing room, I don't think anyone probably, I don't know how his teammates would have felt about it. I'm sure people would have grumbled or not, but to do it in such a way, okay, it's a derby night, it's a pressure, things weren't going well, they were behind, but it's almost an element of shift and blame there or something, you know, which didn't, which didn't sit comfortably 
with anyone I, who I, I, I just want to make this point just 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 to inter- interject there right I, I don't know Stephen Bradley it's very easy for me to have a pop at him and say like you know what he did was wrong I have sympathy for him and I'm also reading into the situation I'm not sure what he uh, appreciated in terms of the player's well-being and his his own his own sort of mental state at that time was swayed by the fact that they're in a derby game they've just given a goal away that's fine so and if Stephen Bradley wants to come on and his right to reply is there of course and I've, I've every sympathy for they were in a tricky situation Johnny Dunleavy um, it's a very tough one lads uh, like personally I actually didn't see the incident I didn't see him having a go I, I've only sort of it's what you're saying and what I've heard um, you were probably at Turner's Cross on Friday night were you I was indeed yeah. yeah I was at the game down there and you see I'm not on Twitter either so I wouldn't have you know I wouldn't have seen it after you know whatever was going on there after uh, I suppose listening to it and looking at it from the outside you know, I feel sorry for the lad. What is he, 18 or 19? You know, he's he's not very old. Um, one thing as well that you have to think about, obviously, you know, if he wasn't right, and I know he did, he kicked the ball back or whatever to the lads, they threw it over his head and it, it ended up being a goal. But there was a number of things that happened after the ball was thrown in for a goal to be conceded as well. You know, there was two or three other ways that they could have cleared it or instances that he could have cleared it and stuff so I don't think you can leave all the blame on him and it's very tough for him but Johnny he, he kind of did in his subsequent comments I think it might have been I saw it in the, in the Sun online or whatever anyway hmm. uh, now as a, as, a, as a coach I cannot comprehend that he might not only do what happened on Friday night that's fine then on the Saturday uh, he's quoted in, in the paper as basically given out about Bones role in the goal 24 hours later, it was. I saw it anyway. I'm not sure when he made the comments. Right. Dan, you might know about that. But anyway, so how can you how can you then go from there to not like sort of pull yourself back and say, you know, we didn't defend it very well. That's fine. He's almost singling out a player who was not in a very good state himself at the time. He's a young player, and I thought, as as man management goes, I thought that was shocking. Yeah, look, as you say, I, I don't know when those comments were made either. And if they were made in the heat of the moment after a match or something like that, then, you know... I'd say they probably were, to be fair. I, I, would, I would guess yeah. as well. I would say that probably he wasn't speaking on the Saturday because generally no. managers don't speak the day after games. I know ours doesn't anyway. No. Um, so if they were said in the heat of the moment after the game, I think as Dan says, it's probably something that maybe he'll look back on in the future and think, you know, maybe I'll do that differently the next time. Um, generally speaking, me as a player, I would much prefer someone to take me one, one-to-one into the office or in the dressing room and say what you like say your piece have a go maybe i might have a go back behind closed doors do you know but certainly don't do it like i would never have a go back at a manager in front of the lads because that's not right you know you're you're almost undermining his authority in front of that's everyone very and, interesting and you but can't you, do you that might you might one-on-one you might you might well, you, you might, have might to fight your corner you might fight your corner there might be a point that you want to make where you want to defend yourself a little bit so if you're in the office 1v1 with a manager he shows you something you say well i don't agree with that you know, I don't see any problem Personal with that. Personal pride as well. Personal pride as well. It's difficult, you know, it, I suppose it depends on where you're at as well in your career and stuff like that. I mean, if you're a young lad, you're a lot less likely to fight your corner than an older fella, you know? Yeah. Um, a, young, a young Irish teenager in the UK isn't necessarily going to, yeah. I don't know, stare down and have a go with a, you know, a seasoned manager of some kind, are they? Oh, 100%. Well, I remember I went into Mick McCarthy's office one time. I'll never forget it. I think I was like 18 or something. Okay. Went into his office to have a chat with him about something. So I went in anyway and I sat down in the chair and he said, I'll be back in two minutes. And he walked out and he came back in and I completely forgot what I wanted to talk to him about. <laughs> so he's come in, he sat down, he goes, what do you want to see me about? And I said, I, I don't know, guys. <laughs> I'm not sure. And he said, he was like, right, okay. Right, right, okay. Then, um, so I think I talked to him about something else and walked out. He didn't and then ask you if you were feeling dizzy at the time. No, right? <laughs> I walked through the club and I was kind of going, oh, shit, I remember now, but I couldn't go back. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's easy. easy. Daunting, yeah. Yeah, oh, very much so. 
And uh, in terms of man management, Caulfield seems to have something about him because you seem to play for him. Uh, spoke very highly of you on the podcast earlier in the year and obviously publicly will praise players. And uh, what, is, what is sort of impression has he made on you? Um, well, it's like, you know, as I was telling you, the last time I was on here, it was I'm with him four years now. So, you know, I know him better than most of the lads. And, um, you know, like, as I said before, he's just, he's a winner at the end of the day. There's nothing he wants more than to win. Simple as that. And uh, he's a, I would say he's a very good motivator as well. You know, he'll, he'll small things, you know, he'll get in your head about and, and you know, drive you and push you on and stuff like that. And so you can see him on the sideline and matches. He, he, run, he runs more than we do, like, you know. Mm. I was just going to say, if you try to take him on on the sideline, you just get steamrolled over. You'd no, be gone. Don't, don't do it. Even a couple of weeks ago, I noticed that the, the Larnica game at home, at one point, the Larnica coach was just looking across at Caulfield. <laughs> He's a very that, suave character. Yeah, he was. He was there. He was. He, he was like the cultured looking. He, yeah, was, there was a nice sort of clash and kind of contrast <laughs> the man there. from Roscommon and the guy from Spain. <laughs> and he was just, at one point, even he was sort of laughing at something it was that manic sort of uh, thing but we, we spoke about sorry to interrupt that. we spoke yeah. about Caulfield you know he probably made mistakes early on in his own career in terms of how Cork set up and maybe he learned and I think Stephen Bradley will learn and I'm not trying to vilify Stephen Bradley here I know he's a young coach yeah. but I, something about his his reaction to that just didn't sit easily with me and I thought you know Johnny you're not on social media there's a lot to be said for not being on it but the reaction was quite critical Right. Well, like, if I see it or if I have a chance to look at it, I'll be able to comment a lot do better on it. Do you know what I mean? Show at all? Huh? <laughs> do you any prep? For the show only got to train up this morning. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, right. So I guess we should move yeah, on from that. Dan. Yeah. Yeah. What do we talk about now? I don't know. I mean, where yeah. where, do, where do you want to bring it, John? This is where normally I look for you to take us on some beautiful. You were at the stag on the weekend. This, this could go I anywhere. Three day stag. That was a two day stag, but you know. For a couple when you, you were done. Listen. Yeah, where'd you go? We went down to Wexford. Never Wexford been to races. Wexford before. Yeah, like it's no, it's, it's no, it's no, it's no Las the Vegas. Chel- the Cheltenham of Ireland. It's no Las Vegas. No. Um. Yeah. Down, down to Wexford for the weekend. So yeah, went to the races on Friday. Never been to the Wexford racetrack before. Johnny told me it was uh, a cape. A cape. I didn't. I didn't want. I wanted to put that word in your mouth, yeah. uh, which which it probably is. You know, right. didn't the, have, the Murphy, didn't have much the luck. Was not great. No, no. Either. Johnny gave us a few tips. Everyone was broke. Oh, we ended up. 100%. We ended up crowded around watching some race from Saratoga in America around half eleven, uh, with an entire pub all you know behind a horse that I think was actually called. You're to blame. It was. Which turned yeah. out to be pretty <laughs> ironic when it lost. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Johnny was never seen again, you know. What's so. your own horse interest? Because it's been uh, quite uh, pronounced that you uh, you definitely do like the old Gigi's. Well, you, you were the one that brought it up, I yeah. so I'm going to have to admit it now. Like, you know, no, I Somebody do. told me that. I also played ball with um, a guy who was in school with him, Dan. We played ball with him the odd time. And he said you got like... Did you get five A's and four B's and you're leaving or something like that? No, I never got as far as me leaving. Only my junior cert. So what did you get in your junior cert? 11 A's. Okay, that's a lot better than I thought. Can you do eleven subjects? Yeah. Eleven A's. Eleven A's. And yeah. then you went. No, to we did eleven our school. Yeah, most yeah. schools don't like if I, you know, if I'm telling somebody about it, which obviously I do and <laughs> brag about it. Uh, eleven A's. Most people have only done ten, like you know. Yeah. And, and but yet you went into Mick McCarthy and two minutes later couldn't remember what you wanted <laughs> not, to talk about. Not a Scooby Doo. Yeah. He was just looking at me. He, I can only imagine what he was thinking. Look at this clown. So, so you got 11 A's, so you're thinking, okay, well, in terms of my um, career here, I could definitely go down many roads. I'm obviously yeah. quite intelligent, either that or you could study very hard. Um, but did about, I'd say about, did about two, genuinely about two weeks of study before that. That's unbelievable. Junior yeah. like, missed the whole that, year. that is bragging now. That is almost, that's but, like showboat. in yeah. fairness, he's entitled to. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's not a bad result. So anyway, like. you, oh, you're a well-touted young player as well. Up in Ballybuffet, isn't it? Yeah, up in Ballybuffet, yeah. Um... 
So what was the story then? Was it first you went to... The first club I actually went on trial to, was it was after the... So we played in the Kennedy Cup down in Limerick. And I just remember playing in the tournament and like there was, you know, there's scouts everywhere down there, sure. Every man walking around wearing a jacket from some club, you know. Um, and I remember playing a couple of games and I remember just seeing the Liverpool and Newcastle scout both on the sideline, but never thought anything of it. You know, you don't think they're looking at you naturally. Did they hear about your junior sort of results or something? And then called me straight over and said, want you to help the lads study? <laughs> 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 and, uh, so anyway, the first club I actually went on trial, there was Aberdeen up in Scotland. Um, I went with a lad called Greg Cunningham, plays for Preston. Oh, yeah. okay. Myself and Greg and Greg's brother Dan and a lad called Rory McKeown from Northern Ireland who plays for Kilmarnock now, I think, or he did anyway. And uh, came back from there anyway. And then I was in my living room at home one day and dad said to me, he just came into the living room and sat down. He was like... Um, if you were to go on trial to a team in England, who would you like to go to? And I just sort of said, oh, gee, well, I support Liverpool, so I suppose Liverpool first, then maybe United, and then maybe an up-and-coming team like Spurs. And he goes, oh, that's a good job. You're going to Spurs next week. Nice. So that was the job. Way I went, spent a week over there, missed school for a week. Um, who did you meet over there, coaching-wise? Um, Martin Yall was the manager. They were after buying him a Porsche as a birthday present. I remember walking to the car park, like, and you're coming from you're coming from Bally Buffet, walking into this. I mean, it's just a different world, like you know. And uh, the first person that drove in we were there was Aaron Lennon. They had just signed him from Leeds. He was 17. He's driving in the Hummer. He could barely see over the mm-hmm. over the steering wheel, like it was frightening. You know, frightening money. Uh, Chris Hutton was there at the time, and he spoke to me a couple of times. What an absolute gent, you know, absolutely. We had uh, Richie Towell on, obviously couldn't sing uh, more praises about. Hewton and he just seems just a great guy, does he? Oh, well, like, I mean, now that's a long time ago since I met him, but sure, he had no need to chat to me. I was a 15 year old kid from Ireland, like, you know, and he stopped. I remember he stopped and had a chat with me and everything. Gent, an absolute gent, you know. Yeah. So, what happened from there? Uh, so I went there a couple of times to Spurs and trial, and then I ended up going to uh, a few other clubs. I went to Norwich, I went to Man City. Um, I w- Man City was awful. I played absolutely horrendous in that trial. And uh, just a few other ones like that. And then I ended up going to Wolves. And just as soon as I went over there, to be honest, just loved it. Absolutely loved it. That was under Big Mick then, was it? That was under Big Mick, yeah. So rang the outfit on the way home. I remember just saying to him, look, you have to come over and see this place. And they did. You had the Irish contingent there as well at the time, didn't you? In terms of the players. Oh, the first team players in Swan. There was like a, it was the Preston and Burnley of, of its day almost. Oh, it? big time. It was, the fir- you know, it was the first one with a big <clears throat> sort of Irish family like that. You know, I suppose we had like... Stephen Elliott was there, Darren Potter, Stephen Ward, Kevin Doyle ended up coming, Stephen Hunt. Stephen um, Hunt, yeah, bit of a character. Yeah, brilliant. We still was, see him around Turner's Cross these days, wouldn't he's, he's got the agent life sort of wrapped up So now. believe, so oh, believe, yeah. yeah. I must get signed up. <laughs> yeah. he, uh, no, he was an absolute gent to me now, I have to say. He was very, very good to me. He took me over to Dublin one weekend for uh, the All-Ireland Hurling semi-final. Like, we were injured at the same time, both broke our metatarsals at the same time. and um, No, I couldn't speak highly enough of him, like, you know. Wired to the moon, but a great man. Was that yeah. your first serious injury? Yeah, it was, so it was uh, my first year as a pro when I was 18. And the first thing that happened to me was I came into the dressing room one day and there was a lad sitting in the dressing room, David Davis. He plays for Birmingham now. And he's sitting there on his own with his head down. And I was like, you all right, Dave? And he was like, yeah, just not feeling great, you know? And I was like, well, listen, get well soon. And just literally walked out the fire door. So I went home that night and I wasn't feeling great. Woke up the next morning and... Went up to the went up to my digs lady and I said, "Listen, I'm not feeling great. I don't think I'll be able to train today." And she looked at me and she said, "I don't believe it. You've got the mumps." So I had the mumps. That's where got it, it in both, and that's where it started. And uh, I wouldn't wish them my worst enemy. Any's ever have them? No. No. Oh, I mean, it is like I've never experienced pain like that. Really? 
Oh, it's frightening. This You're, is a guy with, who's had some pain in his life. Yes, a lot of pain. <laughs> yeah. A lot of, literally, if I was a horse, I'd be gone. Like my, <laughs> like my own horse. When I got the bullet. <laughs> yeah, she would have. <laughs> I'd have got the bullet with her. Um, but, oh, I hope uh, that doesn't happen. No, hopefully <laughs> not. But so yeah, that's where it started. And yeah. then I came back from that and I went to watch my brother play a tournament in Shrewsbury. We went back to the car after the game, literally three feet from the door of the car, I stood in the car and broke my foot. And how, uh, how did that happen? Uh, just like sure, I went into the club the next day and I told them. I said, I, I don't know what happened. I heard a crack, and they said you were you were playing five aside. You had to be playing five aside. I said I wasn't. I swear to God, I stood in the curb, went got a, there was like a centimeter break in me in oh, my uh, fifth metatarsal, and so that was that for a lot of that season, you know. It's just a bit like Larry Duff and Father Ted. Just really <laughs> oh, <laughs> genuinely. It's really like, unlucky. You just can't write this stuff. Like I'm not going to be calling Donny Dunleavy on the phone anytime soon. <laughs> He'll just be going skiing at the time. I mean, you know what happens. Um, yeah. yeah, so do, do you, does it ever get into your head then? Um, I'm, I'm luckless with injuries. You just go, or you just say, no, that's it. Like, I'm, I'm just had a bit of bad luck, but I'll be fine going forward. Uh, look, there's, your there's time, your, your head, your mindset changes very regularly, like, you know, and there's times when you dwell on it and you think about it, and sometimes when I sit down and think about it, it's absolutely frightening, you know, the number of injuries that I've gone through, and then at the same time, it'd be nice to sort of maybe prove people wrong too. You've just turned 26, yeah. so that's, you know, loads of time left. Yeah, well... Hopefully, I mean it's not a it's not a very long career, and probably I'd be you know coming towards my prime, and maybe I still am coming towards my prime, you know. Um, and you should really be playing in England if you had a bit of luck, shouldn't you? Um, look, I'd like to think so, maybe, but you don't know. I suppose because of the injuries and stuff like that, I never knew how good I could be, and maybe other people never knew how good I could be as well, and maybe I will get to that point. Um, but for now, it's just all about hard work, and to be honest with you, um, regardless of whatever happened to me before, coming to Cork was the best thing I ever did. You know, like Apart that was not pulling a bird. But sure, look, you can't have it all, can you? No, you know what I mean. Not that's yet. Just not yet. No, you know, there's, yeah. there's time for that, Johnny. You know, there is. Um, you are 26, so to be fair. Now, um, <laughs> right. So, the, just the Cork experience in general. Like, how would you sum it up? Up and down, probably. That'd be the mm. best way to describe it. Plenty, like plenty of good times and plenty of bad times. And um, you know, there's been a lot of people down there have been unbelievable to me since I came. Do you know what I mean? Since coming back home and it's become like a second home to me and all that sort of stuff. But at the same time, I've had so many injuries that, you know, there, there's a lot of uh, a lot of down days associated with it as well, just naturally because of the way it's gone, you know? Yeah. We, we, we see Brian Cooper kind of lost his role as a jig and sound jockey there. Yeah, I saw that. You're terrible run with injuries. Unbelievable. Do you get this feeling, right, if if I get another serious injury, like, like who's going to even say to me, like, you know, do you just run out of chances even? It's like, is this going to happen again? Like, are you just like, you know, I deserve a bit of luck at this stage? Actually, you just, I suppose you just don't know. I mean, these are things that you can't control. All I can control at the minute is coming back as best I possibly can, as strong as I possibly can. That's all I can do about it, you know? Mm. Um, for somebody like Brian, there's probably even less control. Because, I mean, at the end of the day, if a horse hits a fence and you come off a horse, you have zero hope for what mm. happens after that. Um, and I know he's had a lot of broken legs and different things like that. So, it's look, it's... That's the that's the business that we're in, and that's the business that he's in as well. And, and your ability to come controlled. back as well is unbelievable. You just you came back so strong again this season, playing really well. I, like I was loving life at the start of this season. I've never enjoyed it so much. When I scored that header against Bray, I swear to God, it was the best feeling in the world. Mm. Um, and those kind of days make it all worthwhile, you know. But I, I knew as soon as I hit the deck against Limerick, like. I just knew straight away. And who who are you? Sh- are you sharing with a couple of lads down there at the moment? Sharing with Stephen Beatty. Stephen Beatty. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's that's uh, 
it's not easy, but I do my best. Like, you know. Why is it not easy now? Ah, he's a great man. Yeah. He's been, to be fair, since I got injured now, he's been absolutely brilliant. But that's but what I was going to say. The fact that you're living with other players, I mean, they're, you, you see more every day what they're doing when they're going off and playing and stuff. It must make it in some ways harder, but the flip side, you probably have that support there as well. Don't it's you? Exactly. It's a bit of both. I mean, I see him going out, say, last night, you know, he's getting his traction on and getting ready to play. Yeah. And I know that I can get my traction on and go and sit in the stand. You know, that's, that's tough. But at the same time, like, I genuinely know couldn't speak more highly of Beats in terms of if I asked him, listen, I'm getting the I'm getting the bus back tonight at eleven o'clock, I come and get you, no problem. You know, and there'd, yeah. be, there'd be no issue that way. He'd if anything at all I asked him to do, you know, he'd, he'd do it. So now listen, great. And and that'd be I'd say that the same for everybody in Cork to be honest. Because does it help us I mean there's there's obviously quite a few Cork lads in the team, but there also isn't there's sort of outsiders as such who are have moved down there and stuff and it, mm. are, are they sort of a gang you sort of hang around together and it helps to sort of build a bit of the, the spirit in the group and stuff do you know this it's like the difference in the difference in the dressing rooms that I was in in England and Cork are chalk and cheese um, in England there tends to be a lot of clicks you know and a lot of maybe three and four lads over here and three and four lads over there and different boys that know each other from another club yeah. or whatever and they hang around together genuinely in our dressing room you'd sit down and have a chat with anyone like it's the best of crack I mean, you come in every morning, anything could happen. Like, you've bought, like Mark McNulty, the keeper, sure. He's the, I mean, he's the joker in the pack, you know. Between him and Beats, there's always something going on. So it's... Uh, he might get up and make a speech of some kind. Or... Uh, listen, I don't want to talk about any speeches <laughs> that were made last year or whatever. It's been removed from the internet subsequently, so... And what about uh, Stephen Dooley's accent? Great accent. Yeah. Great, sure, me and him get on the best. Yeah. You know it's what I mean? Two opposite ends two, of Ulster. Two Nordies. Yeah. Um, we have a few tweets as well. Uh, Trevor Welch, of course, Cork City fan. Mm. Two questions for you. What do you think of the new defensive signing, Robbie Williams? And um, how frustrating was it to miss out in the European games? Which I think was something we touched upon a lot, that you, you probably were kind of needed a bit in Europe. Um, and they had to reshuffle defensively, obviously. I uh, Well, look, the... Robbie, it was his first game in last night, and actually I thought he was very solid when he came in in the game. Um, look, he's very experienced. He's, the man's played hundreds and hundreds of games at the end of the day, so it'll be whatever he does play, it's going to be a very settled you know, signing for us. Um, in terms of the European games, look, sure, break your heart watching it, like, you know, sitting watching the game out in Cyprus. They could have at least take me out to get a tan, you know, <laughs> me sitting at home watching the game. Um but no, look, sure, I couldn't with my knees, you know, I couldn't do anything. I think the worst part of it is um, we're in the gym down in Cork where it's, it's kind of open to the public as well. And uh, I was in there maybe maybe the week of the European game or something and you just want to go and get your work done and get out, you know. So I'm in anyway and I'm sitting on this mat and I was actually on the way in, I actually told one of the boys that worked in there, you know, I'll, I just want to get in and get out. So I sat down this mat and anyway, this fella that works in there, he's a middle-aged, or doesn't work in there, he works out in there, middle-aged man, comes walking past and he's like, how's the knee? And I kind of looked down at the brace and I was like, you know, well, it's not great, like. And he said, uh, yeah, you're missing out on a lot of big days. Cheers, I never would have guessed, you know, I never, I wouldn't have had a clue only you told me. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, things like that. But you just, sometimes you have to laugh as That's well. They only they, mean, they, they only always mean say well. that, like, yeah, they always think you're the first person to say that to you, but I still think that is a still a particularly unique observation to <laughs> offer to someone. Amazing, yeah. like, you know, I love the one who's the knee. Yeah. You know, that's that's my favourite when I'm sitting with a brace on after three weeks or Pat whatever. McAvoy, can't wait to see you back in the pitch. Who's the toughest one in training? Uh, I'd say... I'd say Stephen Beattie would kick his granny for the ball. He's nasty. Oh. Yeah. Uh, Chris Blake, uh, I've heard of him before. When do you hope to be back on the pitch for Cork? Hashtag LOI Weekly. 
it's hard to put a time frame on it at the minute. It's very much depends how the rehab goes and depends. Everyone heals differently, so. And I feel bad because I, I I sound very bleak there about your future. I didn't mean to actually. I know you, you're literally you're literally at the Grim Reaper over there. You know. Yeah, what I mean? I'm you're, sorry. About I'm that. finished, am I? Yeah, he was pretty you're upbeat only, for a while, but then you know he'd gone Doctor Phil again. Just a small bit, Doctor really Phil. Do, towards I really the end do of it. feel bad. But about if that. you keep going the way you're going, the bitch, I'll go in the racing poster, isn't that right? Yeah, I'm in the Irish Independent now. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Now, mood in the camp after the unbeaten run was gone, and this seems to have uh, evinced itself when you playing a bit shit the last couple of days, really. So life after Maguire Collins didn't play well against Galway and then lost home to Bowes. So there, and you're missing Johnny Dunleavy, of course. Try to get him back on the good side there. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Bum me up now. Johnny. Look at that. that smooth is right. Yeah. Um, what is the mood like in the camp? Two big characters gone as well as two good players, obviously. Yeah, no doubt about it. Sure, look, any, any team would miss them. It doesn't matter who you are. Um, <coughs> and sure, look at the lad goes over and in three days he scored his first goal for Preston as well. Do you know, it's just, he's... Which of them will know, do better over there? Uh, tough to say because they're both very different. Um, but I would say, obviously, you could. we know what Johnny's got, but Kev has a very, very cultured left foot. You know, his deliveries, his free kicks and things like that. And he's only going to get better. When he gets physically stronger, he's only going to get better. So I, you'll I, see a lot of him in the future, I think. I tend, I tend to agree with you there. I just think it might be a bit harder for Shawnee. Uh, but, uh, Dan, you have an interesting view. You have no. the other view, actually. Oh, I think, I think Shawnee... Well, I don't have the other view. Because you just think it's easier to come off the bench if you're a striker. Or well, well, he'll play more, yeah, he'll play more games. Mm. He, he just will. Like, I mean, Greg Cunningham's there. So, And also, I think the, the maybe slight difficulty for, for Kevin O'Connor might be the change of manager, we'll see what way the new manager wants to play, but Grayson liked to play with three at the back and wing backs, and I think they wanted him to play as a left wing back, O'Connor, whereas if the manager wants to play differently now, I don't know, we'll see what happens, but yeah. Maguire, Maguire is going to, I think he's going to play very soon. Where do you uh, see yourself still after football? Would you get involved in racing at all? Like, you've, you've, you've owned horses as... as yeah, it is, it is something that I... It is definitely something that I consider, yeah. like, I'd, lo I'd love it, you know. What, um, in, what, in what sort of... And I'm not sure what capacity, mm. really, to be honest. Um, Journalism? Potentially, maybe. Tell him, tell him. Two weeks study, eleven A's. I think he'll be grand. Like. Yeah. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> Give it yeah. a week, you'll probably have it. You have it sussed <laughs> in some shape or form, you know. Um, okay, well, let's let's. Uh, we have to rush to a train. You're like you're, you're very anxiously. This is the most. Wait, where are you going, Johnny? <laughs> <laughs> I actually have a leg in uh, in one of the runners today. I know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually knew that. Yeah. Happy days. Yeah. Um, oh, hold on a minute. Not there's, for the there's, there's listeners here now. Have they got a chance? Yeah, well, it'll go out after. The race will be over by the time this goes out. I'm going to predict he's going to run well so the name is the horse is Fuert yeah. and by the time you listen you can look forward to him running on Sunday when he's going over 7 <laughs> which is a furlong and a half less and I think he'll run better I think he could win on Sunday but if he runs Sting today obviously um, I might have to rephrase yes. Stamina's in question Stam Exactly um, so the, the fixes at the weekend Bowes are against Bray uh, Drogheda against Cork Dundalk against Limerick Finn Harps against Galway United that's a huge game Rovers against Derry live on Air Sport at 8 o'clock and that's the real Big battle game. for Europe of course mm -hmm. and they're all Friday night and then Sligar Rovers against St. Pat's massive game again on, on Saturday uh, first division as well we've Athlone Town against Wexford Cabin Teeley against Watford Shells against UCD they're all Friday and then Cove against Longford on Saturday and Dan uh, we're going to bring Johnny in for really really quick predictions now we can't, we can't go too deeply on it Bowes against Bray Bowes against Bray oh, I still think Although Bo's home form has been bad, just the Bray thing isn't good. Like they're losing to Harps, it's clear the morale has been sapped out of the camp. Um, and Bo's are going to be flying. I'd say two wins in a row, 
It'll be like some kind of craft beer poetry reading sensation <laughs> night there on Friday. <laughs> it's going to go peak hipster. It's going to be unbelievable. Like you know, there will be North Korean flags in the crowd, and they just they would have brought them anyway. The Bowes yeah. lads, unrelated to the unrelated to the Bray thing, there's probably a few Bowes lads who just you know would have brought them just for a regular Friday. So uh, maybe they're actually a bit jealous of the attention that Bray is getting in in that regard. You know, um, I, I think you have to go for a, a home a home win. I, I bet you're going to pick up a result somewhere, I'm sure, and surprise us. I'm not even sure at this stage. I don't know. Who knows? If they, got the, if they get this money bonded on Thursday mm. and they're actually, it's there and they're told, actually, you're, you're secure for the rest of the season, then maybe it could be a weight off the shoulders in some way and you bring it into Friday. But I think um, it's very much going to form. It's like looking at the horse with like two ones next to his name and going, oh, he has to win. There's an element to that with it, but I think Bowes, yeah. Think Home win. Johnny Dunleavy? Can't disagree with that. I, I just haven't seen them last night. Um, and obviously a very big result on Friday night. I, I, I was quite impressed with them last night in terms of their shape and their organisation. And as well as that, they try to play when they can. Um, and they have a few good players in there that will cause problems. So, um, yeah, I, I, I would go home one as very well. Very likeable side considering the budget they, they reportedly have. Very likeable side, I think. Uh, you'd have to say so. I mean, they're very hard-working. You know, they probably just echo what their manager's all about. And then, obviously, they brought in Trevor Crawley, who I've never worked with him, but I hear very good things about him as a coach. Apparently, he's very, very organised and gets his teams very organised. So, it's uh, it's probably no surprise that they're upturning forms, Carleton, with him coming in. You're going to end up coaching, I think, at some stage. That's very possible. Yeah, I think you will. Draw the United <laughs> against Cork City. Ooh. I, well, I, I mean, Johnny, okay, let's start with let's go with John, Let's start with JD, yeah. Draw the Cork. Who are you going to go for there? Will you be at the game? Uh, I probably won't be at the game. I'll have physio on Friday, so it's unlikely that I'll get to it. Um, look, we'll just be looking to bounce back from the game last night at the end of the day. It's you know it's back to basics and it's it's back to the simple things and doing the simple things well like we've done all season. You know what? Look, it's... Uh, it's Monday night was you know it was frustrating and all that sort of stuff but it's one of those things that's that's football and you know I have no doubt that the lads will bounce back we have so much quality in there so um, hopefully we can do that on Friday yeah uh, it's probably not a bad fixture for them although mm-hmm. I mean the game up there earlier in the season actually draw to give them a bit of butter Claire and sent then off. Pur- Purdy got sent mm-hmm. off and um, Cork went down and won some of his shots of goal uh, the Pats game they were very feeble they just looked like a team that <sighs> lacked yeah, punch up front terrible goals they were just in danger of getting cut adrift that, that small bit just the gap between themselves and like Ford from uh, bottom are you away win here as well <sighs> I think yeah both of us away win Dundalk and Slimerick Dan uh, a team Slimerick are, are bombing a bit at the moment and they've let players go they haven't replaced them there is some chat yeah there will be people coming in because although the deadline is closed you can still bring in free agents from the UK and stuff like that for another month so uh, and I guess where the manager's from um, you'd assume he probably has contacts in that world that he's planning to tap up if they don't get fixed up England or whatever that type of thing goes on um, but I don't know. Like I, fucking, I was completely wrong at the weekend. Thought they might actually go and be competitive. And they gave away a goal in a minute. The, the, the goal in a minute, seconds. two and mm-hmm. nine or something, wasn't it? So, uh, as much as Dundalk are sort of meandering along, I think still to be fine for second. I think it'd be a home win for them. And Barry McNamee scored there. What sort of a player is he? Up from your neck of the woods in general as well. A lovely player. Very like culture is the word for Barry. Like you know, he's he was never the biggest, and he was never the biggest growing up and stuff like that. But his touches and stuff like that, he's as the boys would say, he's got a touch like a leather sofa. It just hits him and stops, you know. And he's a very very nice left foot and stuff. So yeah, he's a talented boy. Lovely hair, extremely good hair. I don't know what he washes it with, but it's fantastic. <laughs> like who's the best player in the league? Uh, that's a good question. How would you been injured at the moment? I know I can't. I know I can't say myself, but uh, well, I would have said two weeks ago or ten days ago. I would have said Shawnee. 
you know, there was actually an article in the paper recently there, and I'm not going to name who wrote it or anything, but saying that maybe he wasn't one of the best that we've ever had or something. Like, the lad scored 20 goals with 12 games to go in the season. The most the Cork City players ever scored. Who's the best defender? Sure the, burned with people, just people the best defender <laughs> in the league. <laughs> the best defender in the league out and out is Alan Bennett. Alan Bennett, who's now 35, I think, is he? Yeah, he's a beast. Does, does that's, the Pilates. That's, yeah, does. Every time a Cork player comes in the show, they make some revelation. Like, yeah. Bennett was like his Pilates. Johnny 11 Buzz, A1s. 11 A1s. <laughs> the horse. To talk about. <laughs> the women. <laughs> Can't say that. Dundalk home win here, Johnny. Uh, yeah, it's a it's a difficult position for Limerick at the moment. It's very hard to arrest us, you know, <laughs> something like that. So, uh, yeah, Dundalk home. We're win. we're running out of time here as well. We have to get our the races. Train. Are kick but off I, show, I just just meant but fly through Dundalk. When, when Limerick played Dundalk earlier in the season, Martin Russell was in charge. They gave Dundalk a really really good game, yeah. did, and yeah. I would argue that they're definitely no better now. But we'll see what happens. Finn Harps against Galway United. So um, I, this is a huge game for Galway United. Got rid of Grace obviously, and. Um, <sighs> Big, big game for both clubs. I'm not sure how we're going to react. Harps uh, are doing incredibly well. I, I, I'm, I'm going to go for a draw here. Dan. Oh, I, I don't know. Maybe a home win. I mean, Harps are just, they're just picking up points and they're dogged, but they also have some good players as well. And even bringing in someone like Timlin, who scored as yeah. well, who... Nice player. He'll get a very, he'll, I, I'm very surprised that signing. Yeah. I thought yeah. that was a really good signing for him. It's an excellent signing at this time of the year. I mean, I talked about Sligo's strength in which they did, and, and Pats have done it, but Harps sort of have as well. They brought in a couple of players, so... Just maybe a home win, but I mean, I could, I wouldn't be shocked if that was just a nil-all battle, you know. I've but, just uh, remembered in a rush to get to the train. I'm with a bloody cripple here. Like he's going to delay it by ten minutes. Finn Harps gets going United, Johnny. Uh, tough one to call. Uh, I'd be similar to Dan. Maybe, maybe Harps will sneak it. Um, one 0 Shamrock Rovers against Derry, massive and very intriguing live game. game. Yeah, um, I'm going to go for a draw. I'm very conscious of your time here, Johnny. Particularly, I mean, that was a bit insulting again. You just be nice to Johnny, and then you're insulting him. Nice, insulting. Know, you're going to be to sit next to each other on a train for a couple of hours. I feel like could we just record it? And oh see no, no one. Are. We're getting the same train. No one said we have to sit with each other. Way wins. Going to be goals in this one, Johnny Dunleavy. Um very tough to call after last weekend's results I'll, I'll, uh, I'll have a draw sitting the fence you're a big fan of Derry's style of football which which is definitely something I would agree with yeah they play lovely stuff I was up um, I was at home for a couple of days just seeing my mum and dad and brother and um, I went to watch them actually against Van Harps it was on a Monday night up there Yeah. and it was actually a really good game very competitive and stuff but they they literally play from everywhere you know Yeah. they don't ever go long or very Tried very that in rarely, Europe so. as well what's your opinion <laughs> I didn't see that to be honest <laughs> Uh, uh, you give me a prediction. I give me a prediction. Yeah. So finally, Sligo against Pats. What a what a Sligo, Sligo, Yeah, Sligo brought in quite a few. I see Pats have signed Paul O'Connor as well. Um, Sligo signed uh, this guy Greg Murhouse, who scored a few goals with Lavin last year, um, and Vinny Fatterty as well. And uh, best of luck to Vinny there. Guy Omar Hall, and then another guy, Jerry Little, new Northern Irish guy in Scotland, Jamie McDonough, I think as well. So it's sort of there's going to be a new shape to that team, you would think. Um, they've they've sort of stopped conceding as many goals Sligo has been a bit more difficult to beat recently without uh, looking like they're going to win a huge amount of games uh, I think maybe you'd go on the fence or draw Pats actually Liam Buckley as much as they've, they were excellent against Bray Buckley wasn't very uh, you know he didn't laud their performance in Drada he said mm. they were actually poor enough um, I'll, I'll go for a draw on that I think Sligo again they could cancel each other out a bit I'm going but, to chance Sligo they seem to be improving a bit Sligo for me Johnny, don't leave mm, me. Two teams that would certainly not have seen themselves in this position come the end of the year um, or, or at this stage of the year. Um, 
I think it could be it could get very cagey. I think actually, so I, I could see a draw there as well. And uh, notwithstanding the bit of crack we had, the next time we have you on the show, we really hope that you're a centre back for Cork City again and playing as well as you were a few months ago. That's the job. Thanks very much, lads. Thanks and for having me. We're in association with Air Sports. Air Sports, rather than independent.ie. Thanks, Dan. And uh, I thought for a guy who's just come off a stag, you sounded very, very fresh there, I have to say. Thanks very much, Johnny. It means a lot. <laughs> and uh, yeah, best of luck uh, to uh, anyone who's having a punt in the Galway races. Um, I think we've run out of time. And uh, if you see uh, anyone uh, kind of hobbling to a train right now, it's me and Johnny. <laughs> <Levy>. Bye bye. <laughs>